Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hello and welcome to the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. I am your host, Jaren, and unfortunately, we will not have Will joining us, so this will be a solo endeavor on the podcast tonight. Um, we will be covering the Milwaukee 106 to 105 loss, and we will also be covering the 144 to 115 Dallas Mavericks, uh, I mean, scheduled loss in Chicago. Um, we go 0-2 in this back-to-back stretch compared to our 2-0 back-to-back stretch on Monday and Tuesday. Um, but yeah, you know, unfortunately to not have Will, but he was sick. Uh, basically, like, his voice is really messed up. So we will not have him. But without further ado, here is an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, so getting into this one, I will give you all a little disclaimer uh, because, I mean, it is Sunday night and, you know, we missed, I guess, covering these two games um, on time. I'm going to try and make this a little short um, and as sweet as possible for two pretty bad losses. Um, but let's get back into this one. So the Milwaukee Bucks, I guess we'll cover the Milwaukee Bucks game. Um, the Mavericks, of course, fall 106 to 105 versus the Bucks. Uh, and pretty much what it was, a fourth quarter meltdown for the Mavericks. They, make, they missed five straight free throws. Um, three of which, or uh, two of which from Dorian Finney-Smith that would have pretty much iced the game with 12 seconds left. But unfortunately, the Mavericks luck pulls them out once again for another loss. Uh, the Mavericks were 13-11 and, and 11 prior to this, and unfortunately, um, they dropped this game. You know, I think pre-game, you're looking into this. This is sort of, there's like two top totem pole teams in this one. Uh, or in this season so far. You got the Boston uh, Celtics and you got the Milwaukee Bucks. So we were playing one of those two top teams um, in Milwaukee, and we played Boston a few weeks ago. But we were playing Milwaukee, and, you know, it was a close game throughout the whole entire game. The Mavericks opened this one up in the third quarter. Uh, They had a 36-point performance in that third quarter, and they got off all the way to a 12-point lead. Um, Unfortunately, though, or I guess this is pretty much just Mavericks luck, uh Milwaukee comes back and they're within striking distance of like four minutes left in the quarter uh within or with with two minutes remaining they get all the way up to like a three-point lead um and the Mavericks seemingly claw back into this and what was like a really low scoring clutch time performance from both teams um but yeah you know missed free throws five straight missed free throws to be exact in those final I want to say minute and a half from Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dorian Finney-Smith I guess we'll give them their call outs now uh the Mavericks fall 105 to 106 um I guess you know there was multiple reasons why the Mavericks lost this one but none other than the poor free throw shooting the Mavericks shoot 42 percent a 10 of 24 free throw performance in this one you know it's a late night uh versus arguably the second best team in the NBA at home uh on ESPN you know I think you expect a little bit of Doubt for this team, you know, they don't play a whole lot of late games, and whenever they do, they don't play them in Dallas. They were this time around, and it was against the second-best team, of course. And the Mavericks came to play. You know, they were playing really good. 
Uh, and I was pretty impressed because, you know, they had just gone on their little stretch uh, of four or five winning games, and they were looking good throughout this game. Luca was looking amazing. He had 33 points in 37 minutes on uh, 13 of 28 shooting from the field. He had 11, 11 assists, six rebounds, and two steals to go along with that. And one of the, like, highlight posters of the year on Drew Holiday. Put it on his head. Uh, yeah, you know, Luca, he played amazing. Uh, he shot four of 10 from the free throw line. I think if there's one negative thing you want to speak about this one was sort of shooting. He went three of 11 from the three point line and four of 10 from the free throw line. Uh, that was sort of like the only negative aspect of Luca's game on this Friday night endeavor versus the Milwaukee bucks. But with that being said, you know, I, I sort of think we saw it in the Detroit game as well where poor shooting sort of or trickles down to the whole entire roster, and that's pretty much what we saw. Uh, we didn't see, like, one good free throw performance by pretty much anybody. Spencer went three of four from the line, and then Josh Green went two of two. Uh, again, that's just not enough free throws to sort of, I guess, you know, win a game with. Uh, and, of course, they went 10 of 24 with those 24 attempts. Uh I'm going to try and make this one as short as possible. Uh, but yeah, you know, I've already kind of sort of discussed the sort of last minute role and why the Mavericks lost sorely because of that free throw shooting. They went 13 of 40, um, 32 and a half percent from the three point line. And really, you know, it wasn't a great night shooting from both teams. The Mavericks with their leading uh, quarter had 36 in that third quarter. And that's where they pretty much opened it up. And it's because they started making threes um, in transition threes to be exact. And sort of whenever Josh Green is in the game, it seems like the transition and the tempo is way more, um, I guess, higher and way faster uh, whenever he's in the game compared to Luca. And no knock on Luca. I mean, Luca likes to play slow. That's his game. Uh, but whenever Josh Green's in the game, I want to say they jump all the way to like 26 in the league in tempo, which is like a crazy because they're dead last right now. Uh, so jumping even, you know, a minute amount into the tempo margin is pretty telling of what he can do because, you know, he's sort of this energizer type dude coming off the bench. Again, there's an argument to be made there where he can start. Uh, but whenever he is on the floor, the tempo jumps all the way up to like 26th or 25th, somewhere in that sort of like mid to high 20 range. And I mean, it, it might not seem like a lot, but for this Mavericks roster, it is. Uh, and really through this whole entire stretch of six games, four games, or, uh, I guess five games prior to this, uh, the Mavericks tempo looked pretty high. And I think that was telling of why they went four and one in those five game stretches uh, was because, you know, whenever Josh Green's on the floor, like I said, you know, the tempo is just higher. Uh, I guess, you know, just going down the line and sort of earn uh, names here. I'm going to cross off Dorian again. I mean, he didn't really have the best of nights. He had three steals. Uh, he played really good defense. He was him and really Josh Green or some of the culprits as to why uh, Giannis only had five points in that first half. You know, they did a really good job of whenever Giannis would drive or whenever Giannis would go inside the paint, try and do his little post-up moves. Uh, Dorian and Josh Green were really good at getting on ball super quickly and sort of doubling him. And we've seen that uh, throughout this sort of five-game stretch. The Mavericks have really picked it up defensively whenever guys get inside, and it's because of Josh Green. Um, he does a really good job of pinpointing the ball, whenever it's inside and sort of doubling to the point of attack and pretty much 
whoever has the ball at that point either doesn't know what to do with it and just jacks up a bad shot or sort of kicks it out and it's a steal. And that's why we saw three steals from Dorian in this one. Uh, he had eight rebounds and, like I said, three steals and two blocks. But really, you know, other than defense, offense was just really lacking. He had four offensive rebounds. Um, but again, I mean, he just couldn't get much. He had five points in this one off two of six of shooting. And the two free throws he did shoot were the two free throws that were missed with 12 seconds remaining. Uh, Tim Hardaway, you know, we've seen him elevate into like one of the best shooters in the league in the past five games. If you just look at that five game stretch, uh, he in 28 minutes had eight points and four rebounds and a steal. And pretty much that was about it. He shot two of seven from the three point line and three of nine from the field. And what was his first, like, I would call it a, his first, like, actual shooting night. Um, I think this is more accustomed to what we've become seeing, um, if you take out that five-game stretch. But with that being said, you know, this is his first, like, negative uh, shooting performance in a while. Uh, and, I mean, it, it showed on the stat, or showed on the scoreboard whenever the Mavericks only had 105 in this game where they could have easily opened it up multiple times but with that you know he didn't really have much of a production uh defensively or uh yeah defensively he didn't have much of a production um and then offense you know he wasn't really you know there too much uh I did see you know with his recent shooting stretch of course like whenever he has an open three guys are rushing to get over to him to close out and uh, to contest his open threes because I mean, eventually they're going to start falling. That's sort of the Bucks mindset in this one. But, you know, they didn't. And in that fourth quarter, I want to say it was like a two-minute or a minute 30 left. You know, he had that sort of open three at the top of the key. He gets fouled. And due to his hot shooting recently, you know, guys have to close out, like I said. And he's, like, really the only guy that gets fouled at the three-point line for this roster. Um now, if he's productive at that free throw line in those three shots he gets or in uh, knocking down the N1 or converting the N1, I should say, that's a whole different say. Uh, I don't think he's converted a whole lot of his three-point N1s, and I think this is like the first one that he's missed. Uh, he goes 0 of 3, and I mean, that's pretty much just sums up the Mavericks season at this point. Uh, the Mavericks, like I said, you know, they missed five straight free throws down the stretch, and those became high uh valued free throws where if you could have just had one the Mavericks would have at least pushed this to overtime and gave themselves a chance to win the game um I guess let's go down to Dwight Powell now in 19 minutes he had nine points he had three rebounds and I thought he had three really good rebounds he had three offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter I want to say they all were um at times you know it didn't even seem like he was playing uh, again I mean he had a, a out of all five starters he had the lowest minutes with only 19 but in that fourth quarter, whenever he was in, I thought he was really productive on that glass. Uh, multiple times, he really kept possessions alive. Him and Dorian, for that matter, kept possess possessions alive. And I think that's sort of why, you know, the Mavericks at one point in time had a 12-point lead. Um, I guess next, let's get into Spencer here. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm trying to go fast here. Uh, but in 32 minutes, he had 15 points. He went 5 of 13 from the field, 2 of 6 from the three-point line. Um he had four rebounds and four assists and a steal and a blocked out of that. But Spencer, I think, you know, if you're sort of talking about this Josh Green starting argument, uh, I think Spencer, you know, to me is the guy that you take out. I don't really see 
Luca, especially with this lineup of Tim Hardaway in it, you know, it's there's an odd man out, whether it's Tim Hardaway or Spencer. Um, I think one of them just has to go out if you want Josh Green to start. I think Tim Hardaway at this point, yes, and I'm sorry to spoil here, he does uh, have another bad shooting game against the Bulls. I just think it's too soon to take him out, especially after that four or the six game stretch that he had of just completely like obliterating, obliterating the stat sheet. Uh, I just think it's too soon to take him out. So honestly, I would put in Josh Green for Spencer and not just that, but Spencer, and especially in this one, he just looks, I don't know. He just doesn't look like he's even on the court at times whenever it's this Luca and Tim Hardaway uh, with him in it. Uh, You know, I don't know what it is, but Tim Hardaway just pretty much equals out Spencer Dinwiddie and, Whenever Luca's off the floor, though, Spencer runs that second unit really good. Um, and there's, you know, he ran the second unit really good in this one. He had 15 points. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he got to the foul, foul line quite frequently. Uh, for him, you know, he went three or four from the free throw line, like the only guy that shot over 50% from the free throw line other than Josh Green. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I thought he had a decent game uh, in those non-Luca minutes. I know he was... I guess I forgot to mention, like, this was like a dunk fest for the Mavericks. Uh, unlike the Bulls game where they were getting dunked on, they were doing the dunking on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Spencer, I think it was like three, like, highlight dunks, maybe even four highlight dunks. Uh, Spencer had a majority of those. And then Luca, of course, had that one where he slammed it on Drew's head. Uh, Spencer had one where he drove to the hoop and with a two-hand jam, like, threw it down uh, after driving inside the lane. And then he had one where he, I don't remember who he dunked on, but he dunked on, I want to say it was Brooke Lopez. Um, another, it like was sort of like Rudy Gobert, posterizer-esque, uh, where he just like drives in and like dunks. And then Brooke Lopez, I mean, he's like an elite shot blocker all of a sudden. And I want to say he's leading the league in blocks. It felt like, I think he only had three blocks tonight, but it felt like he had more like seven because uh, he was just denying pretty much everything in sight. I know he blocked Luca a few times. I want to even say he blocked Spencer and even Josh, I want to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was active pretty much everywhere. But that was pretty much Spencer's game. I thought he was really ineffective in those non-Luca minutes. Um, I mean, this is a few days out, so my mind might be a little blurry. Um, but I think I want to say his two three-pointers were all whenever Luke was on the floor. But, you know, whenever, just production-wise, I thought, I thought he was a lot more productive uh whenever he was running that second unit so i've already mentioned his name a few times but let's get into luka Doncic real quick uh in 37 minutes he had 33 points he went 13 of 28 from the field and three of lo- three of 11 from the three-point line uh he had six rebounds and 11 assists and two steals to add to that stat line um if you have a negative here it would probably be his three-point shooting and probably be his free throw shooting where from the three-point line, he went three of 11, and from the free-throw line, he went four of 10. Um, you know, I talked about sort of this trickling down to the whole roster in terms of bad shooting, and him going four of 10 from the free-throw line, I think, was sort of that. Um, I think it just trickled throughout the whole roster, pretty much. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, Luca, we take, we take him for granted at times, I will admit. Um, you know, he just he's too good. And sometimes I know me and Will forget to just pretty much cover him in depth. And I know I will tonight, but Luca looked amazing. Uh, again, I mean, other than those negative three-point shooting and free throw shooting, uh, he looked, I mean, quite literally, quite literally amazing. Uh, he almost put up a triple-double. He fell short, four, four rebounds short, 
Um, but nonetheless, you know, he had a handful of like amazing moments in this game. He had a like 363. I want to say it was on like, I actually don't even know who it was on. Um, was it maybe Bobby Portis or Chris Middleton? Um, I feel like it was one of those two guys. But yeah, he had like an amazing 360, like step back three. He just kind of threw it up and got in. Um, but yeah, you know, he got inside the paint easily. Uh, he was able to get whatever he wanted. And that's why he got to the foul line 10 times in this game. Unfortunate, he only made four of those. But with that being said, you know, Luca is amazing to me. I think without Jason Tatum's emergence, he's definitely the front runner of MVP. But, you know, now Jason Tatum is definitely making it competitive. And I, I'm going to be honest, I have Jason Tatum as my number one. But, you know, that could change at any point. And games like this from Luca would definitely change the spectrum. So getting into this bench unit, you know, the Mavs played a nine-man rotation in this one with Maxi, Christian Wood, uh, Reggie Bullock, and then Josh Green coming off the bench. Um, I guess let's cover Maxi real quick. He had 20 minutes, 28 minutes, had eight points, and pretty much tells about it. But he had two blocks and two rebounds. A productive shooting out from him. He had he went 50% from the three-point line. He went two of four and then three of five from the field. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of him. I don't think there's been many uh, negative maxi games since his like little tailbone injury or whatever it was. Um, it kind of seems like post-injury, Maxi has just like played amazing. He played amazing defensively in this one. He had two blocks. I want to say they were both at the rim. Uh, and he's like the only source of rim protection that the Mavericks have at this point, with JaVale McGee pretty much being out of the rotation. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed what I saw out of him. He was open for a few corner threes. I know he missed some, like, what would have been clutch corner threes or clutch three-pointers, I should say. Uh, but, you know, with that being said, you know, he did everything he could. Uh, in that 28-minute stretch he had, I felt like he was really productive. Um, I know this isn't really telling of anything, but in his plus-minus, he was plus one. Uh, he was, like, one of two guys from the bench unit that was a plus. So, Getting into the other guy that in the plus minus was a plus. Let's get into Christian Wood. Uh, in 23 minutes, he had 14 points, went six of 14 from the field, and two of five from the three point line, uh, where he grabbed nine rebounds and two assists with that. Uh, Christian Wood has sort of become like our only source of defensive rebounding on this team, other than like Luka Doncic occasionally, or uh, I guess like Luka's like, what is he? I don't even know how many he's having like seven or eight rebounds or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Christian Wood is like off the bench, like the only source of defensive rebounding that the Mavericks have. And none other than tonight, it showed. Uh, he had 14 points and nine rebounds. All nine were coming from the defensive end. Uh, and I really liked what I saw out of him. I felt like he had a good defensive game. Um, I feel like at times, you know, he got beat off the dribble. But other than that, you know, I think he had a pretty productive game. Uh, again, I mean, only playing 23 minutes in a game like this, I think is sort of an eyesoreness at this point I feel like you know with Tim Hardaway shooting pretty bad uh you'd want to see a little more minutes out of Christian Wood uh but you know nonetheless the Mavericks played him only 23 minutes I mean that's a headline in itself where he goes 6 of 14 from the field like I said and then 14 points um and you know I didn't feel like he had a bad defensive game I know he was in for that third quarter stretch uh and yeah I thought he had a pretty productive game so Honestly, at this point, I don't even feel like covering Reggie. He had 19 minutes um, and five points. I saw him – I think it was this game. He passed up like – I know in the Bulls game he passed up a wide-open corner three where he like 
literally was like in the shooting motion and like halfway through his jump shot, saw a guy in the corner of his eye and like passed out of it really quickly. And I want to say that happened to him again in this game where he didn't even like attempt to shoot it. He just had a wide open corner mid range shot and like sort of passed that into the corner to Spencer Dinwiddie or something like that. Um, I believe that was this game. It may have been the Denver game, but with that being said, you know, just, I guess it was like his only positive shooting game this season. It went two of three, two of three from the field and then one of two from the three point line, but still, I'm not seeing anything amazing out of him in this one. Uh, even on defense, I didn't feel like he was too amazing. I felt like, you know, his counterpart, Dorian Finney-Smith, definitely had a way better game than him. But with that being said, uh, I mean, he had five points in 19 minutes. Good for him. Uh, he's actually doing something other than running around the court for however 20 minutes he gets a game. Lastly, but certainly not least, uh, Josh Green, um, our Lord and Savior, the guy that has made this season somewhat fun to watch. In 26 minutes, he had eight points. He went three of five from the field. He didn't shoot a single three-pointer this game, and he had two rebounds and an assist to add to that. Uh, I felt like at times, you know, he was a little lackluster on defense. Uh, but, you know, offensively, I thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, I, I don't, you know, again, like it's sort of blurry to me, but he had eight points, all of which I believe came from the paint. I feel like he may have had like a mid-range pull-up uh, that – I don't think it fell, but yeah, you know, a decent night. He was like the only Mav that was in the minus 12 section. And I think it was because he was in the fourth quarter or in the game in that fourth quarter minutes where Milwaukee sort of came back. Um, But, you know, as a, as a guy, um, you know, where Giannis scores five points in the first half, I felt like it was largely him and Dorian doing the work. Uh, I don't know if I said this before, but, you know, Giannis only had five points in the first half. And whenever Giannis would drive or like post do his little post up moves, uh, it was Dorian and Josh Green sort of on this help side defense, um, where, I mean, they pretty much force him to pass out of the sort of post up game that he does have or sort of post move that he does have. Uh, we've seen Josh do this through this five game stretch where they went they won four or five, where you know they he's doing a really good job of sort of at the point of attack corralling the ball whenever it could whenever it comes inside the uh three-point line josh green is really the main culprit of that and i think we saw that really like done really well in his department within that first half now things definitely slowed up in that second half for him but other than that you know i felt like he had a a good game uh we haven't seen a good game out of him in a while and unfortunately he wouldn't play in the bulls game but still, I think he had a, a pretty decent game against the Bucks. Um, I guess just like glancing over the Bucks roster, Giannis, you know, he only had five points in that first half, but finished with 28. He went off in that second half. Uh, he went 20, 10 to 20 from the field and even shot a three-pointer, which was like really early on in that first quarter. Uh, and he went seven of 10 from the free throw line. You know, for a guy that's not known for shooting free throws, to shoot better free throws than Luka Doncic is telling in itself. Uh, Chris Middleton, you know, he's still coming back from his uh, injury. You know, this is like one of his first few games of the season. He had 19 points in 31 minutes. Uh, Brooke Lopez, I mentioned it before, he had three blocks in what felt like he had like five or seven. Uh, I really like, I mean, this guy has emerged as like arguably the best defensive player in the league. Um, you know, I don't think he's the most amazing on-ball defender, but he is 
the by far the best shot blocker in the NBA at this point. Um, I don't really know what Rudy Gobert is doing. I don't watch a whole lot of Minnesota games, but I do know Brooke Lopez is leading the league in blocks. And with three blocks tonight, that is pretty much telling of his whole season in terms of the block department. Uh, Drew Holiday, defensively, I think he had an amazing night, um, especially in that fourth quarter. I think he was uh, largely on Luka. I know he was on Luka in that last possession where I can go in depth in. I guess I'll go over the starting unit. And I want to cover Bobby Portis real quick. Um, And then I guess I'll go over that last possession. But Drew Holiday, in 37 minutes, he had 17 points, all of which, or a lot of them were at the inside the paint other than his uh, nine points coming from three-point line. But, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that the Mavericks, like, we've been seeing it since 2017. The Mavericks, like, need a guy like this. And I think this is uh, a very needy situation of a guy like Drew Holiday, sort of this, you know, scoring slash really good defensive point guard. Um. I'll skip over Grayson Allen and cover Bobby Portis in this one. Uh, in 16 minutes, Bobby Portis had 10 minutes or uh, 10 points, Jesus, and eight rebounds. Uh, and he's sort of become this like off the bench double double machine for them. He'll average 10 and 10 um, through a certain amount of games. And, you know, in 16 minutes is only telling of what his production is. Um, he's been this really, really good sort of defender off the bench as well. Nothing that like reaches out and sort of stats, but he's a really good off-ball defender. Uh, And he always has been throughout his career. Ever since coming to Milwaukee, he sort of like revitalized his career. And I mean, this was a perfect game in terms of the Bobby Portis sort of game. Nothing that like I, nothing that, you know, makes you, uh, I guess, sort of, jump out of your seat but still I mean 10 points eight rebounds like that is the perfect sort of stat line for him so yeah um I'll cover this sort of last possession real quick uh the Mavericks they uh pretty much have been in this sort of situation where there's like five seconds or two two seconds in this scenario on the clock and they have to run an inbound pass play or an inbound play and time and time again they pretty much run the same play uh, Christian Wood gives a down screen on Luca's man, where Luca's pretty much standing under the basket. He sets a down screen on the free throw line, and or at the nail pretty much, and uh, Luca comes up and rolls to that sort of left, uh, I guess that left like wing that he likes really good. He'll either jack up a step back three, or he'll just jack up a three depending on how much time is allotted. And I don't think we have seen him. Well, I guess if you want to count the Clippers game as one um, where he just like, it was a dud possession and just threw it up and it went in. I guess you can count that. But other than that, you know, in terms of a place play being set up, he has not made a single three pointer off that. And the, it looked like the Milwaukee bucks were super ready for it. Uh, I know drew holiday was defending Christian Wood initially while Chris Middleton was on top of Luca initially. And then that down screen comes and it seemed like uh, the second that, Christian Wood took his first step. Drew Holiday was guarding uh, Luka Doncic whenever that screen happened. And Drew Holiday is like their best on-ball defender, and he showed it. Uh, Luka got a really tough shot, and it didn't even hit rim, and Luka looked frustrated. And that, or I guess, like, you know, he has a right to be frustrated. Uh, This is yet another game that was winnable for the Mavericks, and down the stretch they come down and come up short. We've become quite accustomed to seeing that but nonetheless they fall 106 to 105 
Um, I guess next I'll be getting into this Bulls game and, you know, the monstrosity of the Bulls game, I should say. All right, so getting back into this one, um, I'm going to quickly cover uh, this 144 to 115 loss against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I guess I'm not doing the Mavericks justice if I don't give some disclaimers before this uh, coverage of the game. So the Mavericks were without Luka Doncic. He was out with a white, a right quad strain, Josh Green, right elbow sprain, and Maxi Kleba, a right foot soreness. Now, Luka and Maxi were pretty much just resting, and uh, it does seem like Josh is somewhat uh, actual, like a, a decently serious injury. Um, he should probably be out this game. I know, I think he's doubtful. I don't even think he's going to be playing in the Oklahoma City game, but I guess I'll cover that quickly after I get this game through. Um, so, yeah, and it was a second night of a back-to-back where the Mavericks got into Chicago at like 3 a.m. or 2.30 a.m., something like that. Um, so it was a late night for the Mavericks on Friday night. But with none, with that being said, you know, still no excuses. And, you know, without Luka Doncic, the Mavericks look again like – a G League roster at some points. Um, we did get to see some Jaden Hardy. We got to see a lot of Jaden Hardy. So uh, I guess I'll just like, like I said, quickly cover this game. Um, with Christian Wood uh, in 28 minutes, he had 21 points, went eight of 15 from the field and three of seven from the three point line. Other than Spencer Dinwiddie and at times uh, Jaden Hardy, he was like the only other guy that could generate points or generate offense for himself. Uh, Spencer did an amazing job of opening up this game and sort of seeming like the Mavericks were actually going to try. And then quickly Chicago was like, Hey, like, you know, you don't have Luca. So you're not an NBA roster. Uh, Spencer put up 27 points and large, a lot of them came in that first quarter when the Mavericks allowed 40 points. They pretty much allowed 40 points in the whole entire first half in the quarters. But, you know, I really liked what I saw. Out of Spencer, I know I was covering Christian Wood, but I guess I'm going to derail to Spencer Dinwiddie real quick. Um, I really liked what I saw out of him. Again, you know, in the Bucks game that I just covered a second ago, uh, I said he was largely ineffective with Luca on the court and largely effective whenever it was him running the second unit. Well, in this game, it was pretty much him running the second unit the whole entire game, and we saw Spencer Dinwiddie put up one of his best stat lines of the year. Uh, 9 of 15 from the field and 50% with 3 of 6 shooting from the three-point line. Um, The Mavericks shot way better as a team from the free throw line. They shot 22 of 26. That's 85%. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it started with Spencer Dinwiddie. I think as long as the Mavericks sort of whoever their star player is, um, you know, whether it be Spencer or Luca on the floor, uh, it kind of just starts with them in terms of shooting. Um. You know, I guess, like, quickly, like, let's just cover this. Clearly, the Mavericks are now 0-2 without uh, Luka on the floor. He missed the game in Houston, where they infamously fell to the, at the time, worst team in the roster, or uh, worst team in the NBA. Uh, I'm not, I don't think they are anymore, but they probably still could be. I know they beat the Bucks tonight, and then recording this late Sunday night. Um, but, yeah, they fall to 0-2 without Luka. And, I mean, this one against a Chicago Bulls team, which the roster looks like it is pretty much a barn on fire. Uh, you know, they're waiting to, pretty, waiting to pretty much blow up at any point 
this season. Uh, but a win like this, you know, I mean, that keeps the roster. It keeps the, the team's hopes alive uh, for this roster. But with that being said, you know, Spencer had an amazing night. Uh, Dwight Powell, in 18 minutes, he had six points. He went three or four from the field. I felt I really liked what I saw out of him in the pick and roll. Uh, I thought Dwight Powell, this was one of his, like, few games where he's really productive in the pick and roll. Um, but still, I mean, you know, there wasn't a whole – there wasn't any starters, for that matter, that played 30 minutes. There wasn't any guy on this roster that played more than 30 minutes. Um yeah, Spencer led the team with 29 minutes in this one. But still, you know, I mean, you can call it a scheduled loss, especially with Luca out. But still, I mean, you expect a better fight out of this. Um, Within the first quarter, it was uh, – they jumped off to, like, a 20-point lead. The Mavericks, like, climbed back into this one as the quarter kind of dwindled down uh, – dwindled down, I should say. And it, they were down by 10 points. It was 30-40 to 40 after the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, the Bulls just opened it up with a 42 point performance they they went 80 or they shot 82 points or scored 82 points starting to get late um in that first half which i think was a franchise record for the mavericks like allowing opponents to score i want to say previously it was like 78 and in this game they broke the record i think it was that um correct me if i'm wrong i believe that was the stat but with that being said yeah like other than Spencer and Christian Wood, there was pretty much no offense being generated on this starting lineup. Tim Hardaway, another bad shooting night, as I mentioned before. He went 4 of 13 from the field and only 2 of 10 from the three-point line. Uh, I mean, this was one where if you are looking to get bailed out of a game without Luka Doncic, you look to him, uh, him, Spencer, and Christian Wood. Uh, it seemed like Christian Wood at times was doing his part. Spencer did his part throughout the whole entire duration of his time on the court but Tim Hardaway didn't do anything with his. Um, I know he had two three-pointers, and then he had two uh, basically drives to the basket that he got going. I think that was like the first time, not the first time, of course, but this is like the first time we've seen multiple times where he drives to the hoop. Uh, we don't really see a whole lot of, out of him, uh, especially this season. You know, this is his first season playing since that uh, foot injury that he had last season. Um, but, you know, straight line, to the draw or like a pump fake and then drive to the hoop is what we saw out of him. And that's how he got his other handful of points. He got to the free throw line and actually made free throws this time. May I say that again? He actually made free throws this time. He went two of two from the free throw line in this one. Um, unlike his O of three against the Bucks. Just had to say that one more time. But you know, this starting lineup, uh starting out the game for sure looked bad. Dorian uh in 20 minutes pretty much had a track meet. Uh, he didn't do anything. He put up two shots, two three-pointers, and missed both of them uh, and had an assist. That was his night. He played 20 minutes. Uh, I think the Mavericks pretty much put up the white flag pretty early in this one, and he only played, like I said, 20 minutes. It was kind of a rest for him, uh, just something, I guess, keep the cardio up. I don't really know. Uh, so I guess that pretty much just covers like the starting lineup. Um, getting into the bench unit, every guy that was on the roster tonight uh, listed on the roster tonight played and that includes our hopefully lord and savior who's not named josh green uh jane hardy uh and hardy had 23 minutes in this one where he put up 15 points um and pretty much you know the mavericks just told him hey like go out there and shoot uh do your thing and he went 5 of 13 from the field and 0 of 4 from the three-point line i want to say he's shooting like 52 percent from the field in the g league 
where he, I think he just recently had his like 10th game a few days ago um, where in 10 games. Yeah. Like I said, he's shooting like 52% from the field and like 49% or 48% from the three point line, like some absurd number. Um, but yeah, he got to the free throw line quite frequently. I want to say he was like, other than Spencer, he was the only other guy to get to the free throw line more than five times, or I guess Kimbo got to the free throw line five times as well, but uh, Jaden Hardy knocked down all of his free throws. He went five of five. And, um, you know, I liked what I saw out of him. Uh, again, I mean, he's a rookie. It seemed like at times DeRozan, the times that he was guarding DeRozan, uh, DeRozan was easily to or quick to remind him, like, hey, like, you know, this is your time is coming. But, uh, you know, I'm here right now. And, you know, DeRozan quickly put him in his place defensively. Uh, he had a handful of times where Hardy kind of bit on some fouls. Um, I want to say his two personal fouls were all due to DeRozan, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just like veteran teaching rookie type moment. Um, we got to see Theo Pinson play in four minutes. He didn't do anything, of course. We got to see Frankie Smokes get some actual minutes. He had 25 minutes. Uh, he didn't get any points and had six assists and five rebounds. I think this is much of like a facilitating game than anything. Uh, he had a decent defensive game, but I mean, a guy that we're not seeing really uh, in the roster too much uh, to see him grab, you know, six assists where uh, I guess just like, and they're, I think they're more like hockey assists than anything, but still, I mean, that was interesting to see. Um, I guess getting into this one real quick, you know, Kimball Walker made his Mavericks debut. I want to say it's been on the team since like the Golden State game, which is two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Um, so he's been on the roster since that, but this was his first game that he got to play in. He, of course, suited up for the game in Denver. Um, or no, the game, the home game versus uh Phoenix on Monday earlier this week. Um, but we got to see actual Kimball Walker minutes in 20 minutes. He actually looks pretty good. Uh, he went two of five from the field and oh of two from the three point line, where he went four or five from the free throw line to add to that. Uh, he had eight points in this one and five assists. I think a large amount of those assists were, again, hockey assists. But still, uh, I mean, for a guy that hasn't played in like 10 months, I want to say his last game was like February 16th or something like that. Um, it was good to see. Uh, you know, Kimba at times looked like his old self. I know his like first bucket for us uh, is dribble move up top, uh, uses the screener to like get to the defender's or to get onto the in front of the defender and sort of like keep him on his back and then uh puts up a nice mid-range shot at the nail um in which he was able to make uh you know i think given every three games every other game uh and he's putting up like these sort of productive minutes i think i could actually see him have a role on this team i don't see him having a role where he plays every night outside of the playoffs uh, I like I said, you know, I think he plays every three games, every other game uh, for this team at this current rate. I know his contract isn't guaranteed past like March 1st or something like that. So if he's even on the team for the playoffs, you know, that's a different discussion. But I, I could see him having some productive minutes in the three uh, games that he does or the one out of three games that he does play. Um, JaVale McGee, uh, you know, I don't think he had a good game. I know others would disagree. This was his like season high tonight. Uh, he had, or last night I should say, he had 18 points where he went 8 of 10 from the field and he actually made a three-point shot. Uh, I want to say that was like his 16th made three-pointer of his career or 17th, something like that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that was interesting to see. I know he made one in preseason, but he actually got to mean one, make one and some meaningful NBA minutes where he got 17 minutes, like I said earlier. Uh, you know, he had 18 points. I think a large amount of those points were just being in the right place at the right time. Uh, he was able to work off the roll with Jane Hardy or Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, or I guess it was more, more or less like Jane Hardy, Frank, and Kemba. I don't think he played with Spencer too much. Um, but I know Hardy was able to find him on some pick and rolls pretty easily. Same with Frank. Uh, and even Kemba Walker at times were, was able to find him um, pretty easily on that pick and roll scenario, like I said. Uh, and, you know, he was just able to offensively be in the right place at the right time. Now, defense, that's a whole other discussion. I saw multiple times. I mean, he had four fouls at this in this one, if that says anything about his play. Um, I saw multiple times where he was just super slow. I want to say it was uh, Dragic, you know, could have been Maverick. There's pretty much a could have been Maverick and a should be Maverick, or I guess it could have been Maverick and a future Maverick on every roster on this NBA, uh, in the NBA at this point. Um, Dragic is the could have been Maverick in this scenario, and um, Colby White is the uh, future Maverick in this scenario. So, you know, he puts a little move on JaVale, and multiple moves on JaVale, and finally uh, in the mid-range gets JaVale just like super slow and puts up a mid-range shot and it goes in. Uh, JaVale, that happened multiple times to him. I know multiple times Andre Drummond was able to, you know, make backdoor cuts where JaVale was just caught sleeping and he even broke the sky cam or uh, the, I, I want to, I think it's called the sky cam for basketball. Um, whatever the camera over the backboard is, he broke that by like pretty much posterizing JaVale McGee. Um, and, you know, I mentioned this earlier, but it was pretty much a dunk fest uh, on the Mavericks in this one, whereas the Bulls get, or the Bucks game was a dunk fest on Milwaukee. So I guess they got, the Mavericks got a little taste of their own medicine because of the night prior. But yeah, you know, I offensively, I liked what I saw from JaVale. He was actually rolling through the hoop. Again, I mean, he looked a little slow at times, but defensively, I didn't like what I saw at all. Um, you know, he's known as a shot blocker, and I didn't feel like he was at the rim at all in this one. Guys were just easily penetrating. Um, you know, his big fault to start the season was like Jose Alvarado, guys like that where, you know, they're not big offensive producers were able to easily penetrate and easily get up easy um, paint shots. And that's kind of what happened in this one as well. Um, now, Reggie Bullock, I think this is like the one positive takeaway from this game, other than Jaden Hardy getting some minutes and seeing Kimball Walker. Um, and I guess Spencer didn't really put him, putting up a good stat line. Uh, Reggie Bullock, I know he didn't really have any eye-popping stats. Um, you know, he, in 23 minutes, only put up one shot when which he made, which was like a corner three. Um I, w- I think he was him and Kemba were the only Mavericks in the plus margin of the plus minus selection. Uh, Reggie played really good defense. I thought uh, I really liked, you know, he had two steals. He was like the only productive defender on this roster in this game. Um, you know, I think that's only telling of his, you know, recent struggles and also just what kind of roster is around him at this point where, you know, he's coming off the bench in a game like this where half the starting lineup is out and sort of has this elevated role. But in 23 minutes, he was able to put up a good stat line. Uh, or not even a good stat line. It was, you know, off the stat line kind of things that he was able to do good at. Um, lastly, you know, like I said, I'm trying to get over this one quickly. Uh, this one was just 
the complete monstrosity of a game. We saw multiple times that Chicago was able to get up by 30 points. The Mavericks would claw back, make it a 20-point game. And then, you know, very quickly, Chicago would be like, you're not, you're not getting back into this one. We're not giving you any hope. Something the Mavericks wish they could do with blowouts like this. Uh, Davis Bertans, 11 points. And this was like his first like negative shooting night because that's pretty much all to it for him. At this point, you know, whenever the offense is just kind of looking for three-point shooting, um, because, I mean, they're putting up about 45 threes a game at this point. You know, why not have Davis play somewhat of a role? I know he has been getting some minutes, but those minutes have sort of dwindled. And I know he's just a complete black hole on defense. Uh, he picks up a lot of fouls quickly. And this one, you know, in 11 minutes, he didn't have a single foul. But still, um, you know, at, at some points, I feel like you know, Davis is needed. Uh, coming into the season, I called him sort of like this light bulb type guy where, you know, if the offense is sort of lacking, you kind of just throw him out there and he'll give you some quick electrifying threes. And that's exactly what he has done this season. I would like to see him a little more uh, just because, like I said, you know, this offense relies on the three so heavily and he has shot the three point uh, ball so well this season. And again, in a limited role, I think he's like 11 of 23 now or 10 of 23 from the three point line. But still, um, and what little Davis minutes we get per game, I guess, you know, take him uh, like, I, I don't know. Um, so I'll go over the Bulls roster really quickly. I mean, there's really not much to cover in this one. Uh, Patrick Williams, I think he was like a standout. Like he had a, an amazing game. Uh, this is a guy the Mavericks could use sort of like this hybrid, not even hybrid. Like he's like a pure three and D guy where, you know, he can play down low a little bit as well. Um, but he makes the three-point shots. He went four or five in the three-point line, and he had a stretch of where he made like three straight, and the Mavericks just like refused to guard him at the three-point line. They sort of forgot him in like sort of pockets on the defense, and he was able to capitalize on those. He went six of ten from the field, 16 points, and he had two blocks in this one. Uh, DeRozan, you know, quickly, I think it felt like DeRozan was going to go off for like 50 in this game. He finished with 28 points. He got to the free-throw line quite easily. And went 9 of 13 from the field. This was like the classic DeRozan game where in a limited role and a game where, you know, he doesn't have to do too much. He had a plus minus a plus 38. I didn't even realize that. Um, you know, he makes the Mavericks, like he hurts the Mavericks. Uh, you know, I mentioned this before whenever I was talking about Hardy, but multiple times he was able to draw fouls. Um, I guess, you know, to JaVale McGee's defensive woes, there was multiple times in the pick and roll scenario where JaVale would be guarding uh, and he would, pretty much go into a drop coverage versus DeRozan. Um, I mean, that's pretty cringy in itself because DeRozan is like arguably maybe the best mid-range type guy in the league. Um, but yeah, DeRozan made the Mavericks um, sorely uh, like miss Luka Doncic in this game because he he hurt the Mavericks so badly. Uh, Vucevic, a guy who hasn't had an amazing season, had an amazing game. I uh, went 8 of 11 from the field, 2 of 3 from the three-point line, um, he had 20 points and eight rebounds in this game and a steal and a block, may I add you. Uh, he looked really impressive in this one. I think if he could put up a steady set line like that, every single game this team would be in a different discussion. Unfortunate, you know, he's had a really tough season, um, a really tough two seasons pretty much. But with that being said, uh, yeah, we know he had a really good game. I'll go over these next two players uh, in this one. I guess here's another future map. Zach Levine, uh, he put up 27 minutes. He had 16 points. 
He went 7-11 from the field, and pretty much in those 27 minutes, they were just easy minutes, I should say. Uh, he had two steals and three assists and three rebounds. Uh, rebounds. Um, but he was just able to get inside the paint easily. Uh, I mean, that's like a sort of go-to type thing is like sort of making a couple moves up top and beating the guy foot speed wise to the, to the rim. And uh, I mean, putting up an acrobatic shot at the rim and that's pretty much what he did all night long. Uh, That's his sort of bread and butter. I know defensively the bulls rank like top five in deflections and steals, I want to say. And they had a team high or a team total of eight steals in this one. And I mean, that's just telling of Luka Doncic not being on the floor. Uh, Alex Caruso got hurt in this one pretty early. He only played six minutes and I want to say it was like a lower back contusion or something like that. Um, But yeah, we didn't get to see much of him, but in his little six minute spirit, his little six minute stint, um, he put up a plus minus of plus 16. If that says anything to y'all who didn't watch the game, Uh, he had ones across the board, one rebound, one assist, one steal and one point. Um, And only, he went one of two from the free throw line. So that was the one point. Um, going down the bench unit for this team, uh, we got to see some good Andre Drummond points. Um, he had a handful of slams. Derek Jones Jr. had like almost an amazing like dunk off a lob that would have been just absurd and like only telling of you know who he is. Um, it was like a super low pass, and he was able to like catch it at his knees and almost slam it, but. He was fouled in the process. He had 16 points. He had a like really productive night. It's a guy that sort of like fall out of the rotation, I believe. Again, I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of Chicago games, um, but I believe he's sort of like fallen out of the rotation. And in 20 minutes, he was able to put 16 points and four or five from the three point line. He's not too no or not well known as a three point shooter, and he really hurt the Mavericks from from deep in this one. Um, Goran Dragic, the should have been Maverick and probably would have helped the Maverick the Mavericks a lot in the season. Um, That's a whole debacle in itself. I could go on and on and on, but uh, he had 16 minutes uh, with 14 points and three assists. I mean, he had some like super flashy assists in this one. And I mean, that one just makes you shed a tear because that could have been to Josh Green. That could have been to Reggie Bullock. That could have been Dorian Finney-Smith, but unfortunately the Mavericks, you know, he was only going to play one out of every five games and it, if you're not catching on to my joke, he basically would be playing every single game this season. Uh, Iota Sumo and Kobe White. May I say Iota Sumo is like a mouth breather. Uh, pretty much had his mouth open like the whole entire game. Uh, I know that's not relevant, but I just feel like I needed to say that. So in 31 minutes, he was like the Bulls leading minutes. Or I guess DeRozan at 32, but uh, he played amazing. I think he's a, is he in his third year now? Uh, I want to say he's in his third year might be in a second i don't know um he put up 17 points though on super productive shooting and i really liked what i what i saw out of him um now getting into the underlining future maverick kobe colby white uh 26 minutes he was like the only chicago player in the minus section and the plus minus department and again i don't try and take too much credence but for those who didn't watch the game i'm just trying to list like what went wrong um he had two points and seven assists. He was actually like really active on the passing department. He didn't have a good offensive game, but facilitating wise, he had a really good game. Um, I think that pretty much just sums it up. The Mavericks, not much to look forward to after these two games. 
where they drop both of them in a back-to-back scenario. But, you know, with that being said, the Mavericks, uh, you know, I feel like we said this one too many times going into a Monday night game where you're playing a pretty bad team, a team that I guess has like an MVP type guy, uh, that being the Oklahoma City Thunder. You expect a win, but it's the Dallas Mavericks here. So we'll see if they fall to under 500 again at this point. I think it's expected, but the vibes are not indeed immaculate here on Sunday night. We'll see after tonight or after tomorrow night, where again, like I said, they play the Oklahoma City Thunder at 7.30, I believe. It might be 7, where um, Luca is questionable, or he's actually probable, uh, versus the Thunder. Maxi is questionable, and Josh will remain out with that right elbow sprain. I think he might even remain out for another game or two. But um, Monday night, or I guess tonight, uh, for those who are listening now, um, yeah, let's hope for a Mavericks win after these two losses. Let's get back in the win column. Uh, are we really expecting it? Who knows at this point? Um, but yeah, let's uh, see what the Mavericks can do. Uh, with that being said, follow our Twitter at Mainstream underscore Mavs. Um, rate this podcast on whatever uh, platform you're listening to, rate it a five star or not. But with that being said, you know, we like feedback. So uh, either just give us a shout out or whatever of how you feel about the podcast. But with that being said, the Mavericks play the Oklahoma City Thunder at 730, uh, probably tonight by the time y'all are listening to this. Um, But thank you for listening. And with that being said, I'll do my classic. Bye bye.